She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. Zach's the kind of guy that picks up trash when he sees it. And I realized I want to be that kind of guy. I want to be the guy that picks it up and doesn't just let it keep going. Yeah. Right? That makes things a little bit better. Yeah. You know? Because I actually think this attitude is better. Yeah. For you. For you. I I actually think you will get more out of it than not doing it. It'll be nicer to be alive. That that has been, yeah, that has been my experience. Obviously shouldn't be there. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you wonder how that happened. Oftentimes I wonder, like, how did that happen? What was the process that led to that car engine to be there? Not the car, just the engine. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. What she said. What she said. (laughs) We are very happy to have you today. We're talking about something that we've been reflecting on quite a bit for the past three weeks as we hung out in BLM land in Central California. I feel like I've been reflecting on this for the last five years. Sure. Quite a bit. Yeah. I I, I get it. I I know. You're a deep thinker. But like, it's been more present in our lives for the last three weeks. We're talking about how to make a place better, a.k.a. picking up trash. Being the kind of person that leaves the place better than they found it. Yeah. I think that's ultimately what this is about. Stick with it. It's a it's a fun conversation, exploration of a lot of different sides of it and our experiences with it. And uh, overall, it's an invitation. Yeah. Not a you should. Not a you Not should. Not a you should. You do you. No guilt you trip. You do you. We love you, and let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hello, all you Far Out people. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Far Out Podcast. Well, hi. Hi, Alistair. Hey, Julie Roxanne. It's nice to have you here with us today. Yeah, we're uh, we're back in San Jose. Back in San Jose, the hub. Yeah, doing some more admin work. Um, we're going to be here for a week or two, a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, hanging out with family and friends and Getting uh, some bullshit done. Oh. <laughs> and good stuff, too. Good stuff. Not the family and friends part. No. That's not the bullshit. It's <laughs> like more like the, the bureaucratic red tape. Yeah. Uh, I have is. my last trip to the French consulate coming up to get my ID papers. It only took months. <laughs> <laughs> pretty fast. Pretty efficient pretty, process. Hey, it would have been faster if I didn't mess up. So my bad. We've spent the last almost three weeks out in Sequoia National Forest primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been great. We did some medicine work out there. And uh, we did a dieta, which we talked about, the cacao dieta. And we found some really beautiful BLM land. And just, we also did a combo inoculation out there. Mm. Um, we had two beautiful people join us for that. 
including Mike. Shout out to Mike. Hi, Mike. Uh, yeah, who actually came from this podcast. You might remember him as the guy who uh, gave us a pretty hefty donation and left a wonderful review yeah. and then told us, I want to do combo with yeah. you guys. And then he drove a long time to be there yeah. on time. He, he lives actually in Southern, Cal- Southern California, but he was out in Kentucky and he drove from Kentucky to come do this yes. with us. It was great. It was um, fantastic. And uh, it was beautiful. I want to do more combo inoculations outside because usually we've done them inside. And lately we've been experimenting with doing them out in nature. And it's really, really nice. It's so wonderful. And uh, I was, I'm, we're currently planning our next one, which is going to be in Oregon. I think it's the 4, 5, 6 of May. So if you hear this episode before that date and you're interested, please reach out. We would be happy to have you. Um, we have a few spots left, but I was planning for it and I was like, all right, I'm going to rent an Airbnb. That's going to be the easiest way to do it. And, and then, uh, and then I was like, oh, I don't want to do it in an Airbnb after we did it outside. And it's actually turning out that we might have the opportunity to do it outdoors on someone's property. So we'll see what happens. We did it in this beautiful little, like, uh, what would you call it? Not a canyon, but it was like a, it's a, it was a little kind of Recess, ravine. So yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was by the river, so you could go dunk in the river after. It was it was it was wonderful. It was glorious. And then over the last day or two, we uh, we drove through Sequoia National Park and Kings Canyon National Park and visited the biggest tree in the world and the third biggest tree in the world, uh, General Grant and General Sherman. Mm-hmm. I don't really like that they're named after generals. Yeah, me neither. I, <laughs> I was trying, it. I was there and I was like, no, what's your real name? <laughs> like trying to listen and it's like, I don't even, I don't, I didn't I've get an so answer. I've had so many names. Yeah, exactly. It was that I'm, I'm General Sherman if that floats your boat, but that's if not my name. If you ever have a chance to go see the Sequoias in either Yosemite or in Sequoia National Forest, Kings Canyon or wherever, they are phenomenal trees. They're so incredible. It's hard to describe, but honestly, we I had seen some sequoias out in um, Tuolumne Grove yeah. in uh, Yosemite. And in Sequoia National Park, it's a whole different game because there's groves everywhere. And it's like you walk for miles in forest and just encounter giants. Thousands and thousands of giants, yeah. actually. It's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's probably yeah. the most, the best climate for those trees in all of the world mm-hmm. at this point. Um, it's it's such a wonderful place. I'm looking forward to getting back there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, we only had a couple of days in the parks, and we were like, we need to get back here. Kings Canyon is really interesting because it's a lot like Yosemite without the crowds mm-hmm. and the craziness. Um, so I, I'm hoping we'll lead a retreat there in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be pretty sweet. So this week... We thought we'd talk about picking up trash. Picking up trash. I know that. Bear with us if, yeah. you, if you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, actually, of course, there's should, a spiritual component to of this. Of course, <laughs> of course. Plus, you should know by now everything we talk about I, is interesting. I don't think we, <laughs> I don't think we think through this or think about it very much. And this is not a guilt trip or or you should do this. Yeah. But I I think it's worth exploring our experience around picking up trash. And maybe starting with a story for mm. me of where it started, mm. I really, which was seven or eight years ago, my good friend Zach, we were living in San Diego and we lived close to Mission Bay. So some, once in a while, him and I would, uh, we'd go ride our bikes or walk along the bay to a coffee shop and work together. And 
How San Diego of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know. you got to take advantage of it when you're there. Co-working. Co-working. Yeah, yeah. And I remember one day we were doing that, and I think we were riding our bikes there, and we were deep in conversation on the way, and then he's like, oh, wait, hold on. And he stops the bike, gets off, picks up a piece of trash he saw blowing across the, the sand, puts it in his pocket, says nothing about it, and we keep going. Mm-hmm. And I said nothing either. Mm-hmm. And, but I noticed it. And from that day, it really inspired me. Just It kind of woke me up. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I can do something about that when mm-hmm. I see that. Like, I can be, I can take action, yeah. right? Because I think the default, at least for me, and I think this is true for a lot of people, is like, that's someone else's problem or someone else will take care of that. Like, oh, it sucks that that's there, but... I don't know. I think we forget that we can do something about it. Yeah. And this is not to say that like we need to be trash crusaders mm-hmm. going around. Um, but he just picked up that piece of trash and then we continued. It's not like he tried to clean up the beach. Plus, on a very practical level, I think for a lot of us, and, and I include myself in that, there was an ick factor to it. So obviously there are things I'm not going to pick up, yeah. right? Especially right now, like I'm not going to pick up tissues flying around or things like that. Like, you know, I want to be away from the the ickiness of it, but a paper wrap of a, of a energy bar or something like that. It's like, well, yeah, there might be, it might be, it might feel a little icky, but now I kind of, I just pick it up and then I have hand sanitizer or I I wash my hands right after. So when this happened, I thought about it a lot and I realized, Hey, I want to be, Zach's the kind of guy that picks up trash when he sees it. And I realized I want to be that kind of guy. <laughs> I want to be the guy that picks it up and doesn't just let it keep going. Yeah. Right. That makes things a little bit better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And from that day on, I started, I kind of had a policy of like, especially when I was trekking mm-hmm. anywhere in the world um, or when I'm out in nature or whatever, one piece a day, one piece of trash that's not mine a day is, is enough. That's all it, like, and it's not like something I go out and search for. But it's kind of like if I see it and I haven't picked up my piece of trash, all right, there's my one piece today. Yeah. I'm going to be that kind of guy. Yeah. And that has had a pretty profound impact uh, for me because since eight years ago, I regularly pick up trash when I see it. Yeah. And I hadn't been doing that before. And I credit credit that to Zach's example. It was a contagious activity. Mm -hmm. And I would say at this point, I don't know, but I I would say I probably have picked up near a dumpster full of, of trash. Who knows? A lot of trash, pounds and pounds of trash. Yeah. Because of that one action Zach took, and he said nothing about it. Mm-hmm. It was by example. It wasn't like oh you know we should or oh damn society like yeah, or yeah. the world's falling apart or whatever. There's none of that. It was just I'm gonna do something about it. Did we moved on? And ever since I've been picking up trash. And so there's a contagious aspect. I think. To our example around this. Mm-hmm. And the reason we, we felt really compelled to talk about this today is because we spent three weeks, as we said, it, on a BLM land outside of Lake Isabella, California. So it's a free campsite. It's gorgeous. There's oaks. There's different kind of terrains, like rolling hills and, and grassy patches. And then there's the river along 
uh like flowing along and it's 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 magical it's magical that this place is free for us to enjoy and we saw families that you know maybe wouldn't have had the means the financial means to go and camp for five days at a campsite somewhere but because this was free all they had to do was buy the camping gear once and then they could take their kids to enjoy nature and to spend time by the river when otherwise that might not have been the case all sorts of people were enjoying it including us yes and when we got there, we parked uh, at a beautiful spot. But what we noticed at a lot of these spots, especially around campfires, is there's a lot of broken glass. Mm. That got me thinking about that problem, the problem of broken glass. Uh, because you have a bottle, right? And of course, there's vagrants and, and, and some homeless. And I'm sure, you know, other stuff going on there. It's obvious. You know, you, you do see beer cans and things like that. So mm-hmm. like all sorts of people you know, live here at different times where you see the, the shattered glass everywhere and it like glints in the sun. Right. And obviously that's a big problem. Like we saw kids playing on a skateboard and they were, they were skating down rocks, which at the bottom had a bunch of shards Mm -hmm. of glass. Right. And if they had fallen, it could have been bad or, or it just removes your ability to walk barefoot in nature, which is unfortunate. And, and so I was thinking about this problem, like kind of like from a philosophical point of view, it was like, the problem is that it takes one careless act that's very easy to do to shatter a bottle of glass, mm-hmm. right? It takes almost no energy or attention or skill or effort, right? Just yeah. one drunk person throwing a glass or just one person accidentally knocking it over, whatever. And then you have a bunch of shards all over the place, right? And to clean that up takes magnitudes more effort and intention Right, an organization. Yeah, it's like it's got to be at least a magnitude greater. Yeah, to to clean up a broken bottle of glass rather than to break that bottle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem we face. Is it, and it can feel on an individual level very overwhelming. Right, it's like man, for me to pick up what someone did in fifteen seconds without even thinking, you know, it could take me like 10, 15 minutes of of, of focused, effort, focused effort. You know, yeah. to so I, I feel like that's the problem that that we face with with uh, our our parks and just our land in general around mm-hmm. this littering is it's it's such an unconscious act on one side mm-hmm. and it takes a, a level of consciousness much higher to resolve it right and I, I think that's disheartening it feels disheartening and when I think about it I can come up with three different attitudes that I, I think people have toward this including myself and mm-hmm. I'm not always in one camp with yeah. it but the first attitude is well, we can get really pissed off at the person who did it, right? Like, just be like, oh, screw them, and like, God, in the sacred place, da, 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 and then not do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just get upset at the person and, and feel anger toward that person and not do anything about it. And that's not good for us, and it's it doesn't help the, anything. The, anything, really. Um, there's another attitude, and I'm, there's variations, but these are general categories. Uh, the, the other attitude is, oh, well, that's someone else's job. I think this is where most people fall. Um, is that, okay, well, oh, that sucks, but I didn't do that. So someone else, and it's, and there's a park service or, I mean, we're on BLM land, so there's almost no resources to clean up trash Mm -hmm. in a place like that. But it's someone else's responsibility to clean that up. Not mine, because I didn't do it. I'm just coming here for the weekend, you know? And I think this doesn't have to be a very conscious attitude. I actually think this is the default 
unconscious attitude most of us have, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to clean up after myself, but that's that's not mine, it's someone else's responsibility. And I think in that attitude, there's often a thing of, you know, you show up to these places and the first thing you see is a beauty. And then, and then you look a little closer and you realize there's glass, but then... It really only takes, it's like you notice the first two pieces of glass that you see and you think it's unfortunate and you wish it were, they weren't there, but then you stop noticing. Yeah. And I think that's the most dangerous part is that all of a sudden, well, that, that belongs to the land. Yeah, we settle for that. And yeah. I think that hurts us. Yeah. I think that, you know, on a recent episode, we talked a lot about like soul, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I think that hurts our soul mm-hmm. when our when our places are not cared for, yeah. right? Like. You go around, you're enjoying this beautiful place. You see one wrapper there, it fucking hurts. Yeah. Because it reminds you of things. Yeah. And it's painful. Yeah. And I think that has a real, real psychic cost for all of us, right? And and also, I mean, just do you want your kids growing up around glass? Anyway, so that's the second attitude. And I think this is that's the one the majority of us, including me, a yeah. lot of times fall into. And and that one's not very helpful either because we don't take responsibility, right? Like we've kind of given away some of our, our personal power to make a, a positive change mm. or difference in the environments we care about and that we spend time in, yeah. right? And we, we're not like, we, we don't take our own responsibility for caring for it. So there's a third attitude. There's probably more, but the third attitude is, is okay, well, we can we can do something about it, right? And this does not mean, and this, there's a trap here that we have to talk about, but this does not mean that you have to go now clean up the whole place yeah. until you don't see anything and it's spotless, right? Because that's a martyr attitude, and all, you're also here to enjoy it, right? Like, that's, that's, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I think some of us probably have gone down that path. I know I have. And as sooner or later, you're upset, you're angry, you know, like, and you stop and you stop because it's, it's an overwhelming task for one individual. Yeah. Right. It's, that's another problem is that one individual cannot do it all. Right. So, so if you start to care, now you've opened your, your, you're vulnerable in a way because you can't completely fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's painful to care. But I think, I think this, this, this third option is, is one we don't really consider too seriously. And I, th- I and I think we're kind of making an appeal that think about it. Yeah. Because, this third option, I think, is the solution, which is, hey, pick up a piece of trash. I, I think as a as a baseline or as just like a getting started rule, uh, just just one piece. You go out to a beautiful park or wherever you like to spend your time, right? Or in the city even, mm-hmm. right? It's like, are you the kind of guy that, are you the kind of woman that's going to make the place a little better than you left it, right? Just a little bit. It doesn't yeah. have to be a lot. Because I think what you're doing is starting to create a relationship with the, with the spaces you inhabit, Right. And in my and what I found really beneficial about that, about just so basically his third attitude is like, okay, I have some power to make things better. And I'm gonna exercise that when when I see something. So I see a piece of trash, I'm going to intentionally go pick it up. I see a little bit of glass, I'm gonna pick it up. And I think that's where it starts. And I think that is a attitude which if cultivated, we quickly realize one is extraordinarily rewarding. Yeah. In several ways. One, the place you spend time in gets better. Yeah. One of the examples, so what we did in the beginning when we got to our site, it was littered with glass. And, it and we gl- didn't realize right away, right? That's always that's what I meant. It's like it always takes a little bit of time to look closer. Like when we arrived, yeah. it was just, oh, wow, the trees, the river, the, yeah. the hills. And, the, and then the next day you're like, uh, I took a walk just here to go and pee, and I realized there's glass everywhere. Everyone knows that feeling where you go somewhere and you're like, oh, there's a can shoved under that rock. Yeah. You know, like, ugh. I hate that. Yeah, like, damn it. 
<laughs> it's a that is a whole in my mind that's a whole different thing than like a broken glass because it's like someone thought that the crushed up can of beer under the rock was a good idea yeah or the classic like bag of trash in the campfire for someone else to pick up yes all these things right but like okay we can be outraged i think to some degree we should i think be, yeah i think it's healthy i don't think it's healthy to become adjusted to our places being trashed mm-hmm. right like that that's that's the danger but the problem is that if we don't then we have to experience feelings like outrage feelings like pain mm. feelings like you know our own guilt or responsibility in this pro so there's a negative there's negative feelings that come with taking action because yeah. you have to recognize the problem to take the action so i think that's probably why a lot of us prefer to maybe like adjust or stay unconscious to it right mm-hmm. like oh not my problem not my responsibility right mm-hmm. but there's a lot of benefit in this third this this third attitude that i've noticed over i would say seven or eight years of practicing it intentionally and and the first one is just that you're the kind of person who makes a place better than it was when you arrived. You you have a positive influence on the places that you go. And I think this is a really it's really small, right? And it's just with trash. But I think that attitude, that's how I want to be in life. Mm-hmm. I want to leave, you know, whether it be with people or, or any aspect of life, my my hope, my intention, my ideal that I'm striving toward, and I miss all the time, right? It's an ideal. It's not, I don't hit it all the time. But the ideal in my mind is I would like to leave things better than I found them. I would like to leave people better than I found them. I would like to leave my environments, nature, the other beings in this world better than I found them. Yeah. And I think it's very powerful to start embodying that and acting from that place because it. I found it, it's incredibly rewarding yeah. when I'm embodying my values in a tangible way. It also actually makes the places I spend time in nicer. Mm. Because so after we started picking up a little bit of glass, we just kind of decided, okay, we're going to put a plastic bag outside the camper. We hung it up outside the camper for whenever we walk to go meditate or we walk. I, I was camping at the time. So I was walking down to my tent, which is, you know, 20 yards away from the camper. Whenever I walk. If I see something, I'll just pick it up. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then when I get up to the camper, I'll, I'll put it in there. Or if I'm going down, I'll put it on a rock so that when I come up, I, I can take it with me. And slowly but surely, the paths, you could, there was a, there was a trace. It's funny because it's like a negative trace, right? Because the whole idea is like, leave no trace. Yeah. Um, but there, there's stuff there. So by removing it, because you knew it was there, there's almost like, it's almost like walking a path through a meadow. Mm-hmm. You can see where you've been by the fact that there's no longer glass here, right? Like, and it was a small area. The place was huge and we didn't try to clean it all up. But where where we spent time, it noticeably got cleaner and better. And you can almost feel the land like sighing in gratitude. Yeah, and there's like a a couple of things to add to that. The first one is with this, if you have this attitude of like one piece of trash a day, because it is so intrinsically rewarding you usually do more. It's like one piece is the is the bottom line that you're going to commit to and you're going to make the effort. But I also remember when we were trekking in the Himalayas or trekking together, we would kind of compete. So like, it was like, I saw Alistair going for his trash, for his piece of trash. And I was like, oh, damn, I haven't picked up my piece of trash today. Okay. And then I start being on the lookout more. And then instead of picking one up, I pick two up because, you know, we can kind of like have a healthy competition around that. And so 
and there's a lot of joy. And and when we got there and you told me, um, I think I'm going to kind of do some, I'm going to pick up some of the glass on our, during our time here. At first I was like, oh man, I don't know, whatever. Like we can just kind of let it be. But then you started doing it and the bag of trash started to be heavier and have more stuff in it. And I was like, oh, well, but if I'm around and I see trash, then I should just pick it up. It doesn't cost me a whole lot. And when you said the land was sighing in gratitude, when we were at that campsite, there was a beautiful tree that had no leaves. And we were almost wondering, tree. yeah, we didn't know at first, but it was an oak tree. And we didn't know if it was dead or not. It was growing. It's like massive trunk and it was growing from the rock. It had like destroyed the rock in the process. It was pretty impressive. And we were wondering for a few days, like it looked like it was completely dead. And then within a few days of us being there and picking up all the pieces of trash that were at his roots and, and underneath him. And I also found like plastic bottles and an old sock shoved in the, like in his roots. As we removed that within literally three days, he started having little buds of, of leaves that were getting formed. And then three days later, he was in full bloom, like super fast. As if he was. And who's to say he wasn't responding yeah. to what we were doing? It's like, we oh, named someone's him paying Barnabas. attention. Yeah, his name's Barnabas. He's um, a cool guy. You'll know him if you see him. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> if you go hang out at the land, you know it's Barnabas. It, it's pretty obvious. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll say hi to him for us. There's two things that about what you're saying. You're totally right. It grows, right? As you do it. And mm-hmm. this is why, this is why just one piece, because that's small. And, and all of us can say, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that protects against something, which is, which is what can happen. And it's happened to me, which is all of a sudden you take on a heroic kind of attitude. We're like, oh, I'm going to clean this place up on my own, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of self-righteous. And I think that's unhealthy because it's overwhelming and you can't, this problem this this problem of the broken glass of the bottle and, and the energy it's just not possible for mm-hmm. you to do this alone right but what's worse is not doing anything right because then there's then you're not part of you're not making it any better yeah you're not kind of, and, you're not on the right side and so you have and i've definitely gotten times where i just start picking up everything and it doesn't work it's not sustainable i don't cuz I, I don't i don't want to go to the park to pick up trash yeah. the whole time yeah um but i do i do like the idea of leaving it a little better than i found it i feel really good about that i mean and then it gets contagious because as you do it, there's some positive reinforcement. And this, in my mind, is kind of like the alchemical transmuting lead to gold mm. in the alchemical sense because there's something negative about trash being there, right? And and the energy that put it there, whether mm. whether it's unconscious or intentional, it's it's the lead, yeah. right? And by picking it up, and I think with this kind of attitude of like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one piece today or whatever, and I'm gonna I'm gonna intentionally leave this place a little bit better for me being here. Mm you turn it into gold because you get the benefits of yeah. that. And I think that's one of the things about those other kind of attitudes where it's like, oh, it's not responsibility or, oh, fuck that person. God damn it. They shouldn't be allowed here or whatever. Yeah. Right. Those you get the negative aspect of you. You give away your power. You you kind of fall prey to hate or, or anger or, mm-hmm. or whatever or self-righteousness and all those things. That's not good for you either. Yeah. But this third one, by just you, you actually can transmute it into a positive feeling for you and a positive impact on the land. I think that's really, really magical. And it's hard to overstate, like over time, really feeling like, yeah, I'm that kind of person that does that. But I think, 
I think this kind of get, like, what what that gets at is the fact that on some like really woo woo spiritual level, we're we're not separate from the lands and the spaces we inhabit, yeah. right? The, the, there's an illusion of separateness, but we're not. And and as we make the land better, we make ourselves better. As we heal the land, we heal ourselves. And I keep f- thinking of this image of like you know the 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 Japanese art. That got very popular recently because people love the metaphor of it, where it's like if you have a broken bowl or a broken mm. piece of, of dish, you will mend it with gold yeah. uh, kind of glue or, you know, sealant. And so the the places where it got broken are actually uh, it's made stronger and it looks more beautiful. And it's a unique a individual result. piece yes. piece of art as a result. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think that's, that's really important. And to your point about not overwhelming or overburdening yourself, as you said, we don't go to these places solely to make them better or pick up trash. That's kind of a result of We're us not being trash there. Warriors. No. And, and, and I remember when, at some point we went down to the river through like a new path and I re- and I discovered a place that had a lot of glass on the way down. And my first thought was like, oh man, I'm going to have to come down here and pick up trash as well. That's that's not really what I want to do. And then I had to give up and surrender and be like, no, I can take care of my perimeter and this will have to be for another time or for someone else to do it because I can only work. So if I, if I had gone down and worked on that area, then I would have stopped working on my area and I probably would have stopped altogether or, you know, it's like, it wouldn't have been a positive feedback all around. And over time, what I've noticed sometimes, not all the time, maybe I like, I'm not in the mood for it today or, or I'm, I'm busy. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I pick up one piece and I'm done. But in general, what I've noticed is my perimeter gets bigger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I'm able to do more yeah. gradually, uh, and I when I'm in the mood for it, I do it. Mm-hmm. I, and when I'm when I'm not, I don't. Rather than just never yeah. doing it. And getting back to that, we're all interconnected. I think that was a beautiful point. And what I've also noticed about this, other than just this, this the rewarding sense that I feel by by taking action in this way and and being that kind of person, is that it cultivates a relationship with the environments I spend time in. I, I am in relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And I think this gets, you know, back to kind of an idea we talked about in, in an episode just recently about when nature, when, when soul, when soul is present, nature is alive. Mm-hmm. You start to have a relationship with the soul of the place. You can almost feel it speaking to you or, you know, when you're improving it, like you feel connected to it. And that is powerful, I think, because then we start to have, we have a sense of, I don't want to say ownership. Ownership's the wrong word, but stewardship and responsibility to the the places we are. And I think that's a healthy part of being a a mature human being, Mm -hmm. right? Like like you said, healing the land heals us in that way. And I, I, I I really believe that. And the other aspect of it is like, it grows in different ways, right? The perimeter can grow. You might feel a little bit more ambitious or like, hey, yeah, let's do this right now, especially as the positive reinforcement starts to happen, right? Yeah. Because it, it it is a virtuous cycle in a lot of ways. But the other thing is, and I would, I don't ever, other than I'm really like talking about it on this podcast and with a couple people close to me where, where we're talking more about the idea or the spirit of it, 
It's not something I tell other people to do. Same, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like you need to go spread the word. Plus, uh, to, to be clear, before you go on, I don't think we're telling you that this is what you need to do. We're just sharing our experience and and proposing that as an invitation for you to reflect for yourself. Because I actually think this attitude is better. Yeah. Or, or like for you. For you. I, I actually think you will get more out of it than not doing it. It'll be nicer to be alive. That, that has been, yeah, that has been my experience. <laughs> yeah. And a byproduct of it is that the, the land is healed yeah. or, or cleaned up a little bit and that other people can enjoy. All those things are great. But for me, that's never been, yeah, I, I've never been motivated by the you shoulds. Yeah, no. You, you know, like that's never been me. This intrinsically is rewarding. I, I gain a relationship with the land. I have a better sense of of self. Like I, I start to craft a character that I'm proud of yeah. for myself. All these things are worth it in themselves. Um, and and just like Zach did for me, like this all came from Zach picking up one piece of trash one time without saying anything. Mm. All came from that. Is the fact that he stopped. We were on our way somewhere, and he stopped and picked it up. And that really left an impression on me. Mm-hmm. And I think when like doing this, you, you, I do this and now you do this. Yeah. And it, it's cool because when, when, when I met you and you were, you were doing this, I can't, I don't want to say that I was not doing it because I can't remember, but I also remember my mom doing that when we were kids, we would go on walks in nature and she would always pick up the trash that she saw. And she would also tell us, and she would get, a little outraged or upset at, at what people left behind. And she would tell us when we were kids, like, well, here is glass. Glass takes, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to actually decay fully and, and not be visible anymore. And I grew up on a tropical island and you wouldn't imagine the amount of glass uh, shards or like glass pieces that we found being regurgitated by the sea because they and they would be polished right so they would actually look really good and you could definitely make art out of them but it's like that probably has been there for at least a hundred years to be that polished and it's been in the sea this entire time when it shouldn't have been and so these understandings that these things no one's going to pick them up if you don't you know, like the, the who's going to pick you're here. Why are you going to wait for someone else to come? And and then if you don't pick them up, it's going to take very, very, very long time for them to actually decay. And I think that's the one thing also that I, I've reflected on is those places that we that that, that place we were at in, in California. Um, those glass bottles had not just been broken, you know, three days prior. They were in the they were in the ground some of it was like you could tell that it had been a while and it led me to wonder like how many people have come and gone since then that haven't done anything about it and and that have just walked by and not to shame anyone not to guilt anyone but it's like this is you made this point to me and obviously I'm very new to this concept because we don't have BLM lands in France but this land belongs to all the inhabitants of of the country, it's right? Of the lands. state. It's, yeah. pu- it's public lands. And it's like, if someone goes in your backyard and smashes a bottle of glass and then leaves it there, you're not going to pick it up? This is your land. Just you think have about, to just, pick it up. Just think about any ha- like any neighborhood you've gone through, right? Or, or a house that where that's kind of, you can tell that's the attitude. And yeah. what, what the house looks like and the cars look like. Mm-hmm. and everything right like 
because there's something else here. There, I remember a study uh, when I was in like Psych 101 back in college, and I, I think this is the gist of it. it. It was a pretty famous study. I think it was done in some city, like New York City or something. And they studied like uh, an area, like an alley or whatever, where basically if all the glass windows were as they should be, mm-hmm. as soon as you break one glass window, it's, it invites more of that kind of energy and behavior. Yeah. And all of a sudden vandalism, graffiti shows up. So it was actually what they found was that it was very important to if there was one broken glass window or whatever, to restore it, to mm-hmm. care for it mm-hmm. when it happened, because not doing it invited more of that stuff. It was a signal, yeah. right, that that you could do that here. Also, I think it spreads the idea, right? Like you see that, and that idea be, is not present because it's already there. It's mm-hmm. just, but if it's if it's not, that idea is harder to come by. Like, uh, so it invites more of that behavior, and I think, you know. So I think there's a different it, when you have pristine land. Psych- I think it's harder to litter there. I, mm-hmm. I think it's harder for that stuff to get, gain root. But if you have a piece of land where there's like plastic bags floating around and like car parts and things, it's not hard to put another piece there, right? Yeah. Like because you see, it's like oh, other people have done this, and uh, well, it's not a big deal here. Yeah. But I think when it's cared for, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I think it's much harder to have that kind of attitude of, of, of throwing something here. Well, you know, it's like the way I like to think about it is there's probably, the, you can think about it as like a duality of energies. There's the energy of entropy that is that is kind of this slippery slope where, you know, a, bro- a broken window, you don't fix it right away, then there's a graffiti, and then there's and then a, really quickly a trash can, and then yeah. you don't, and then you become overwhelmed, and then you you don't even deal with the window anymore because you found a way to fix it, and you put a piece of plywood or whatever, right? And it, it so there's kind of the energy of entropy, but there there's the energy of order and 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 structure and trying to restore things to the way that they are meant to look, and and for a sort of pristine which again is a higher level of consciousness yes right it's a higher level of effort and energy uh, but if you've spent enough time with the energy of entropy you realize that the cost of that higher focused and effort and consciousness to combat that it's worth it because it's awful to live in a place that is overrun by entropy and where no one does anything because because no one no one does anything because no one does anything yeah. and and then it's just over it, it becomes these I've gone to I, I remember as a kid I, I've gone to a place where it was like a a building uh, apartments kind of slums and uh, and you could tell that there were like a lot of hardworking families there that were just trying to make a life for themselves and for their children. And it was financially difficult and all that. And I remember that the elevator, well, I stepped into the elevator and it smelled like piss. And, and that is, that is uh, from the standpoint of like the people who organize the building, like who take care of the building, that is not a huge thing to deal with, right? You, you just go and clean up that, that thing. But as a, if you don't clean it up, then all of a sudden you have a, a building that smells like piss. And then, well, if that's the case, then if I need to pee, I'm going to pee there because that's already, you know, like, why should I prevent myself from relieving my bladder when no one else has, has, has stopped themselves, yeah. you know? And it's like, so that's kind of like slippery slope energy. And 
it all takes all it takes is one or two people to say no 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 I'm not gonna let that happen because it's basically cultivating a different spirit mm -hmm. right and and I think it like we said it, there's a virtuous circle there it's contagious because it's rewarding yeah and, and it takes more effort to start uh, and it there's certain barriers you have to get over by like recognizing it, that things are bad mm -hmm. or whatever right but once you do that it's contagious in the fact that it's rewarding self rewarding so you might you might be more motivated to do more of it as you do some of it. And then it's also other people notice. Mm -hmm. And and when they see that, that spirit's contagious and other people start doing it. And this is why, like, I think the best way with, with this particular thing of picking up one piece of trash a day is, like, just start doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. Other people will notice. Mm -hmm. And some people might start doing it themselves. They might think about that. It's like, that's a better way, way to be in the world. And I want to be more like... Like that person. Yeah. And so they'll start doing it. I'm not saying everyone's going to, but it it does happen. And for each person that does that, that's a really big win. That's a because that's a lot of uh it's it can lead to a big change. Yeah. In that way, by being an example and by other it catching on and by it being rewarding and you slowly as you can, you know, doing your part, that actually I think there is a nonlinear aspect to that right yeah. that, that can become exponential mm -hmm. in the same way that the degradation of a place can become exponential and i think over time it's not just do i want to be this kind of person it becomes the it starts to become what kind of community do we want to be mm. right mm. And, and you know it gets contagious in other ways like at the end uh of our stay we were serving combo in that nice little ravine or whatever. It was a gorgeous place. But we had to, there was a car engine, a big, heavy engine that took two people to lift in this ravine that we had to move mm -hmm. uh, to do it down there. Obviously shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you wonder how that happened. Oftentimes yeah. I wonder, like, how did that happen? What was the process yeah. that led to that car engine to be there? Not the car just the engine. And so we had had this practice for the last two weeks of, you know, cleaning up where we were and, and noticing the effect it had. And, you know, just noticing the fact that where we were slowly got better. Mm -hmm. There's something really powerful about that. Yeah. So at the end of it, I think because we had been cultivating that practice, we thought to ourselves, hey, we could move this, this engine out of here too. Yeah. Well, it, that felt like a really big stretch, even even that, from where we were yeah, standing. Because I, mean, I was like, I think it's not so much like, oh, it's too heavy, we can't carry it out. It's like the massiveness of it. It almost felt like, well, that thing's not meant to be moved. Like someone else will have to deal with this because yeah. we can't, or because it's too big. Or there was a sense of more permanence of it being there. But you kept bringing it up, like when we leave, we should try to take it out with us. Yeah, and so it was kind of like steps up to that point. Yeah. But if we had not been cultivating that practice for the last two weeks, no no way would yeah. I even thought like we should try to move that, yeah. you know? But it was kind of like there was a sense of personal power or ability to to make these places better. And then by the end, it was like, yeah, why not do yeah. that? Yeah. And, and so we did. And I think that restores it a little bit. Without the engine there, it's much less likely that people are going to disrespect it, right? Yes. Or like... There's more respect for the place when it when it's restored. And I think another thing to mention about this is that we successfully moved the engine out and then threw it into the dumpster, which was pretty cool. Also, it was an effort. I mean, we had difficult. to get it up the ravine into our truck, and so drive we it to the dumpster. Actually, had to meet three people to put it in yeah. our truck. It was an effort, but it felt really good. But also because I think again, this is like a safeguard for that. Oh, I'm going to do it all myself. 
alongside that engine was also like a kind of plasticky bumper it was, thing no, in the car. No, it was like the shock. One side of the shock. It was part of the frame of some sort of vehicle. And yes. It had, like, yeah, okay, shock. got it. It was, got it was it. metal and it was heavy and it was big. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't realize it was metal. But anyway, it's pretty, it was pretty big. And and that those were the two pieces of trash that were down there, like the really big ones. Yeah. Big car parts. And my first impulse was like, oh, man, if we do the engine, we're going to have to do the other one. That's and the trap. so there's a sense that I'm not going to do either. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Like, oh, well, fuck it. And then and then we were like, I think you were like, no, we'll take the engine because that's what we can do. The other part, because it is overwhelming if you try to do the two, just do one. Also, if, if, instead of doing, instead of saying it's two or zero, yeah. just do one. Yeah. And also, if you do that... You start to have, you start to cultivate the faith of the belief That's, that there's other people like you that might do the other, yes, right? Like yes. if you do one, someone else might, like you might show up and do the other. Yes. And it's a, it's a team effort in that yeah. way. It has to be crowdsourced. So, and this is why, but I really think this is a solution that could work. Yeah. And, and so here's an idea I have. I just want to share it with, with everyone listening. Cause I'd love someone to like take, run with this idea. <laughs> I, I think it would work. You have these BLM lands. Like, okay, we have our national parks, right? Where, where it's like we put resources toward taking care of them. And I think our national parks are really well taken care of. Yeah, overall, All, yes. Most of the national parks that I've been in are very clean and they do a great job. We, I, did, we did pick up trash right course, next to General Grant the, the other day. But. Of course, there's still a problem that the, these, these projects never get the amount of resources they need or the staff they need, mm -hmm. right? And so you still have that entropy problem of like a few trying to... We, we have this mentality in the U.S. and you pointed out it earlier. It's like, these are our public lands. But, but the way we set up taking care of them, which I think is good, I definitely think it's good, is that we put resources to the government and then they hire people or whatever and there's programs that take care of them for us, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's great. And I think what the U.S. has done in that is, oh, you know, their, our national park system is is admirable. I think this is a good place for me to say that as a European and as a French woman, I have to speak to all the Americans out there and tell you guys, What this, what the federal government is doing with the national parks is unseen anywhere else. I, I've traveled a lot and in Europe we have places on the map that are told national parks of some sort, but it's not. There's no, there's no sense of boundaries. There's no, uh, there's no effort to educate the population on the, on, on like what's going on. There's no trails. There's no infrastructure. It's, there's no, for there's enjoying no, it's it. not yeah. like a national park here where you get in and you get a map and you have the rangers. It's like in the national parks quote in France, people live in it. It's just a place where there might be some more, some I think really it's legally. like there's just a few more hurdles for people to jump through if they want to build something yeah. basically. And so I just want to say, Take a moment as an American, if you're listening, to just be grateful. Even if you've never spent that much time in national parks, just be grateful for, for what the government is doing. There's a quote, and I don't remember who it's by, and I don't even remember the quote very well, but I'm, I'm going to paraphrase <laughs> it because I, the idea is important, which is like sometimes we don't even need to go into our national parks for them to be important, or sometimes we don't even need to go in the wilderness for it to be important. We just need to know that it's there. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to drive to the edge of it and peer in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really true. Yeah. So, so going back. That was the side note of yeah, thinking so, national so going, parks. So there's national parks. But we also have a lot of BLM land and other places. 
in the end, the whole U.S. of A. is our our shared land, yeah. right? To some degree or another, even though we there's private and public, whatever. But all the public areas and all the natural areas, right? In mm-hmm. some sense. And I think what would be a huge improvement on the way we do it, right now we have Leave No Trace, right? And I think that's great. Definitely Leave No Trace. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know the Leave No Trace policies, look them up before you ever go out into the wilderness. They're important. But I think we could do a little bit better than this. Um, I think we could do, you know, Leave No Trace and make it slightly better than and then it was if if you find a piece just the one trash a day rule mm-hmm. i think i've never i haven't found anything better than that it's yeah. a, it's like a golden rule it's like one piece of trash that's not yours because i think this cultivates a sense of responsibility mm-hmm. and stewardship or ownership or whatever you want to say for the land mm-hmm. and a sense of respect and a sense of it's our it's our responsibility yeah. to keep it clean and this like if we were because right now it's just leave no trace right so you see a piece of trash that's not yours and you think oh what a douchebag he so did yeah he, he did it but that's not mine so I don't have to deal you know like yeah. I I'm good yeah but that person's an asshole and like that's not helping anyone and, I've and, noticed when I have that when I'm walking around if I have that thought. If I see something and I have that thought, that's usually my signal to pick it up. Yeah. I use that as my reminder of picking it up yeah. because I don't always remember, right? Sometimes I walk around the neighborhood and because it's not within the camping context or the the walking, trekking context, I kind of forget about it. But then I realize, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm going to pick it up. Okay, it doesn't matter. Maybe that guy's an asshole. Maybe that's the other that's the other thing too. Is when we were staying in uh, Carlsbad in in the in a BLM near Carlsbad, New Mexico, there was a lot of wind in that place, and you wouldn't believe the amount of plastic bags I found on on like little bushes that were like stuck in the branches, but also pieces of clothing like socks a ginormous amount of socks and while I was very inclined to think oh those people are assholes and careless I also realized because it happened to us a couple of times where we almost lost clothes because of the wind and they were outside and so it was a good reminder that it's not always an asshole asshole move sometimes it's also just that you you, something gets lost in the yeah, way. Yeah, and again, this is the leave no trace policy is imperfect because sometimes yes. we're going to accidentally leave a trace yes. whether we want to or not, right? Intention's not enough. And I think a collective effort of, okay, we're going to leave it slightly better than we found it, that that solves for the time when the wind picks up and you don't realize your trash bag just blew away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well, right? Because a lot of times this is not intentional stuff. It's just the fact that we're imperfect human beings and we have these things that are not designed for being in these places. Yeah. And and so it's it's a, I think we have to crowdsource a solution to this. And I don't think we can rely on our park service or or the government to do this for us because they're just understaffed and under-resourced. And you run into that problem of a few against the many. Yeah. And and so I think a real simple solution to this, which and I think there's a, a the way I, I'll get to this in a second, the way to implement this, to try test it and see is I think we have to start cultivating a new mindset about this, which is, yes, leave no trace and make it slightly better and pick up one piece of trash while you're there. It's not hard. And I think a lot of people, were they to be have their attention directed that way, would find that they that it's actually rewarding. Mm-hmm. And they may end up, and some of them, not all of them, but some of them, 
Some of them won't do it, whatever. But a lot of people, if you plant the idea, will start to look for the opportunity to do that. And I think what they'll find at the end of that is that the place gets a little bit better. They feel better about themselves. And it's ultimately really, really rewarding, and right? And they have a relationship and in, in a sense of and a sense of responsibility to the places. And it costs almost nothing. Yeah. And and I think this is the solution for this entropy problem of the broken glass, right? Is a is a higher is a order of magnitude higher level consciousness that we have to cultivate to to solve the problem. Like the problem, you know, there's the, the old saying like a problem can't be solved on the same level of consciousness it was it was created at, mm-hmm. right? And and I think this is one of those problems. And so, and I think that we would all enjoy our time out in these beautiful places more for doing this. Yeah. I actually think we would come back feeling better about it, mm-hmm. about ourselves, about our time there. Yeah, it would be it would make our relationship with these places even stronger. So, so I, I don't think it's like a sacrifice in any way, and I think the way if I think any, it enhances your 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 time too. Yeah, like it makes it yeah. more worth it. What feels better than knowing that your presence somewhere healed it or made it slightly better for people to come, Super and 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 for for the environment? And so here's how I think this could be implemented. If anyone wanted to run with this idea, is like doing probably some sort of test study right in a place. I don't know how you measure it exactly, but. The idea would just be to start putting up signs, encouraging, and I think you go with the one piece of trash per person, yeah. like per day, right? Yeah. Like, hey, leave no trace, please, and help us be the, like, and be help us be the kind of place that makes this place better, mm-hmm. right? Pick up one extra piece of trash, like, I don't know exactly, but that would that would be it. And the way I think about it is, you put a couple of these signs wherever you put, like your trailhead signposts and and your public information, right? And then you measure it and you see. You talk to the park rangers and see, like, over time, there would have to be some sort of information campaign yeah. to to kind of put this new idea into the public. And I can see resistance to, like, oh, well, I don't want to go to the park with my kids to pick up trash. And it's like, no, it's not that, you know? I don't think it's a lot to ask One, of us. It's not, like, it's not like you're going and picking up. It's it's not like those trash cleanup yeah. on, on beaches and stuff no. like that. It's like you're going on your walk, and if you're a family of four, you pick up four pieces of trash. Yeah. I think I think as a, we'd be huge. a healthier society and happier people. Yeah. As a result. And so yes, this is our invitation to you. Pick up a piece of trash a day and see what happens. Yeah, just see. Try it as an experiment. Yeah, and if you don't like it, just stop. But if if you and, might be surprised. And think about this as a practice. This is a mindfulness practice in some ways, right? I think yeah. like incorporate this into your spiritual practices, mm. um, and and then have fun with it. See where it goes. I, it's been extraordinarily rewarding for me over the last eight years. Same here. Yeah. So. We love you. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, and for taking all of our invitations and conversations. You know, we just, we're so happy that you're here. Yeah, and you know, every time we get a chance to meet some of you, which is happening more and more frequently, and I think it's probably the biggest gift of doing this podcast is is actually getting to meet um, the people on the other side. For shizzle. Um, you guys are so awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been so much fun uh, to, to actually meet you in person, and It's been so cool to see how badass the people that listen to this podcast are. They are really cool people. They're people I want to hang out with. I know. So. So cool. So uh, just a a big thank you to all of you who, um, all of you who have have been a part in some way of our lives and and have reached out to us. And an invitation, if you haven't, that uh, 
You're probably pretty cool, and we would love to get to know you. I was going to say, please reach out to us. You know, you don't have to just say hi, and say hi, I'm listening, and I, uh, whatever. Uh, our email is info at thefarout.life. Yeah, and uh, if you'd like to support this podcast, there's three ways you can. You can become a patron over at patreon.com slash thefaroutcouple. Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. You can share this episode with a friend, yes. and you can leave a review over at uh, Apple Podcasts. That would be uh, that would be wonderful. Thank you. We so love much. you. Thank you so much for being here. We love you. Toodles. Toodles. I feel like shooting the curl of the-